Hi everyone, Dr. McGee, Chris McGee here, and we are back for episode four. Woohoo! And I do have my bestie, Mrs. Mulliken. Hello, Mrs. Mulliken. Hello, hello. <laughs> um, so this is actually the last in a three-part series. Look at that, we got a series. Woo! <laughs> um, where I actually listened to the voices of the students in my MAT elementary management class. And we have three more questions, Mrs. Mulliken, that they want to know. Give okay. a shout out. What do you know, Mrs. Right. Mulliken, from the primary world? Let's do this. I'm going to do from the intermediate. Um, but I want to do a little caveat because for those of you who haven't listened to episode two and three, um, you may find that you want to go back and hear what we discussed in those first uh, or episodes two and three. Um, but for those of you who have been following along in this episode, uh, we are going to have some answers that are going to come back to, well, answers to these questions that are going to be very similar, similar mm -hmm. <laughs> because the questions are very similar. So I think it serves the purpose of just anchoring the the fact that you know relationships are just so important, uh, and then just the the power of modeling. Right. So yes. you know we don't want people to think, or my students or listeners to think that those are the only things that we <laughs> have for suggestions. Right. But sometimes that's really what that, that, those the solution are the powerful is. Things. Exactly. So we're going to jump right in for our three questions. Of course, we're going to try to be mindful of the time, okay. try to keep it short, sweet, and to the point. So first question of the day. What are some of the most powerful tips for classroom management that help keep discipline problems down? And what do you do with that student who just won't listen? Yeah. Yes. So, <laughs> Repeating. Yes. As you just said, <laughs> right. developing those relationships, having class meetings from day one, yes. getting to know your kids, modeling your expectations. Uh, saying what you mean and meaning what you say. Yes. Following through. Don't ever say anything that you don't mean that you can't follow through with. Um, those are the three top things that you need to do from day one. Absolutely. And and you and I talked before we jumped on to record that sometimes the students are not sure exactly what they need to do to create the relationships. Mm -hmm. So when we were thinking specifically about the, the second part of the question, you know, what do you do with the kid who won't listen? Yeah. You and I had written down some ideas and the one thing that I had written was the importance of knowing your student really deeply and outside of the classroom yeah. and and being patient because especially in the upper grades you and i have talked mm -hmm. like when i walk into kindergarten it is like a love bomb right right they, it's right. like hello wow when you walk into a third fourth or fifth grade it doesn't go off so fast i mean sometimes it takes almost until after january um to, until my students are really willing to commit to me right and or trust, trust you. me mm -hmm. and the thing that i would say then is just don't give up on your student and be patient. You're gonna be frustrated, you're gonna be disappointed, you're gonna be sad, and the thing is, they might be listening more than you really are aware, Right. but they've had so many, well, I should say, the people, the children that we work with, for the most part of our career, um, are used to, sadly, adults quitting on them, right. leaving yeah. them, not sticking around, yeah. not really, you know, being in it for the long haul. And so who would we be, you know, other than someone who's going to do a quick run by in one year Well, yeah, and be gone. They but the great thing, yeah. yeah, for you is, you know, the relationship that we had 
when my kids became third, fourth, or fifth graders, if they were having a tough day and they weren't listening, they would go to your room to sort of remember or stop in the morning, right? right? And yeah. say hello and get check their smolican hug. A lot of kids check in in the morning with exactly. me. Exactly. So you know, they develop those hard hard shells around them to yep. keep from being hurt. Exactly. And so it's really hard to break through some of those shells. Yeah, so my intermediate yeah. advice is you as the teacher, you have to be patient with every single one of your kids. And the thing is, they might trust you and you might get like some love back from them, but then they might drop you for, uh, you know, another month. And it could, right. it could be nothing to do with you. Right. It could be something just changed at home yeah. that they're like, oh gosh, this happened at home. This could happen at school. Why is Miss McGee going to, you know, hang on to me? She, she might drop. Yeah. yeah. So, um, and you talked about the one-on-one -on -one time. Yeah. Well, my thing is, is you have to really pick your battles. So if mm -hmm. the student is just not listening, but they're not really doing anything dangerous, if they're not a danger to themselves or to right. other kids, you know, you have to pick your battles. What are you really willing to fight for? And sometimes, you know, and I, I fall into this too. Sometimes yeah. I pick battles that I really need to just let go. And you learn yeah. that. You learn yep. you just need to let Trial those battles go. And try to find someone on one. And this goes with, um, you know, knowing them a little bit more yep. deeply. But, you know, those kids are the ones that I try to pull aside. Chat with, not about their behavior. No. Chat with them about other things. And then when the behavior happens, you're better able to say to them, you know, let's set some goals here. Let's figure mm -hmm. out your goal. It, even if it's as simple as, I have one this year. Right. Stop calling out. <laughs> you know, just you know, that's and I'll say, you know, that's your goal. So let's see if we can if we can get that together um, together this year. The yeah. other thing is you have to give your kids an out because kids are notorious for digging themselves into yes. a deep, deep hole. And they can't get out while saving face. Yes. So if you can give them that out. So yes. they can save face in front of their peers. And this is even in kindergarten. It doesn't, mm -hmm. it's not just for the older kids. You you give them that out to save face and then you let it go for a while and then come back to it later and talk Revisit. to them when, when they're in a better place. I agree. And I, I think yeah. just as we sort of end that one, you know, our kids are worth the wait. They are. They are. They and are worth the wait. Yes. And, and they, they will come. They will yeah, they come will. out of it, you know. But they're not going to, like, just drop it in your lap. No. And and then you that kind of it. marries to um, this when you do have a substitute, when I would be out. Mm -hmm. um, and my kids would be horrific. Yes. And I think I shared <laughs> with you before, I had asked my kids, like, oh, my gosh, I'm begging you. And they were like, oh, no, why would I be all good with that sub when we worked too hard to earn? You know, I'm like, oh, my gosh. Right. They really you know, have it. You're smart. Yeah, they have it. They know what they're doing. They know what, it's it's definitely calculated. Yes, yes. They know <laughs> and exactly it's with intention and purpose when they are not being respectful for the sub. They're trying to actually be respectful of me. Right, and I'm right. like, but you're not. Right, right. <laughs> yes. Oy. Okay. Next question. Still in the same wheelhouse. So this one says, how do you handle a child who is having major behavioral issues with while keeping the rest of your class on, ta on task? Would you call for reinforcement? Would you ignore the child? The main concern for this student is, they're saying would be the safety of the other students if that behavior of the child becomes physical. And we've definitely had this pop up in episode two and three. Yes. So our go-to, you have to call. If yes. it is a safety issue, you call. No hesitation whatsoever. Yes. You call, you document, and then yeah. You know, you just, you, you wait for the person to come, keeping all your other kids as safe as you possibly can. Yes. Somebody will come and hopefully take them out. And I can't remember, did we, in episode two or three, 
maybe it was two, did we talk about like in our school, um, we actually do have a plan where if it is getting physical, yes, that we exit the kids, all of the other all children the other to kids. another classroom yes. and we sort of leave the child yeah. Of course, you stay with the and, child unless you have a helper that can be right. You know, right. Somebody has to stay. And with all that of child. my all of my teammates are aware, as I am aware, that if if the kids are walking in for no apparent reason, mm -hmm. there is a reason. There is and an urgent reason. An urgent reason. And sometimes, if another class is walking into me, I pick up the phone and call for them because they're right. in a situation where they can't call. Right. So definitely, definitely call. Yes. So I mean, I think because this question has bubbled up three times yeah. that I'm hearing, you know, I'm listening and my students are saying they're, they're afraid. Yeah. And so I don't know if it's because they're in the field and they're getting the vibe that they're not supposed, not supposed to call. To call. Yes. Um, and I guess it is a fine line. And for you and I, it's defined based on safety exactly. of the child or the others or in the, the classroom. Others in the case. Yes. Okay. So next and last question. This one's good because we haven't had this, a question like this before. Okay, I feel as though the one question or concern I have always had about teaching is how to manage my time well enough to ensure I'm getting all the things I need to get done in a lesson plan. I'm always concerned I'm going to run out of time and I know that you aren't ever going to be to get everything done that you've planned. But my biggest concern is how do I manage my time to stay on task? Well, we talked yes, yeah. we talked about a few different ways. Yes. What I do, what I have done since I first started teaching, and I still do it. I love this. Is I look at my lesson plans either the night before or the morning of and I write them rewrite them out. I don't write everything, I bullet. I bullet mm -hmm. the things that I definitely want to get to. And I put that in a place where I can see it. There's no harm or no foul in right. keeping those lesson plans in your hand. So, that's what I do and then I Check it off if I've done it. If it's something you are, you are a list I am checker. A, I like because it makes me feel productive. <laughs> yes, yes. I have to check it off. If there's something I didn't get to that I really want to, circle it so I know to go back yes. to it the next time. Um, I have a colleague of mine and she uses index cards. I love this too. I loved this. When yeah. she first started teaching, she would write each thing on an index card, and as she did it, she would throw that index card away or put that index card to the side. That yeah. gave her a physical, um, tangible check checklist right? it was a check of what she yeah. still had to get done. That way she could glance at the clock and she could pick and choose what she did. I love and it. I mean, both of those things, if there's a day, even to this day, when I don't <laughs> have that bulleted, I do feel a little lost. Yeah. I mean, I can do it, but I feel a little years lost. And even you still after need all it. that practice. Yeah, I need right. it. I need it. And, and I was sharing with you that, and my students know who had class with me, that I really lean hard on, I create an agenda, which is nothing other than the bulleted list, mm -hmm. like you're saying, yeah. of what I need to cover. And I take it to an, another step to model for them the timestamp. Mm -hmm. So I will put at nine o'clock, you know, if class starts at nine, they know I'm really punctual. I like to start at nine so that we can end on time. And so I put that and then I parcel out like how much time I think each of the topics I need to cover will take. And I try to factor in, you know, if we need a break, I try to factor in if we're going to go off tangent a little on a little tangent because it happens to me a lot. Yes, yes. <laughs> um, so I think when I actually work with my interns, we talk about putting timestamps on there so that they can even think in their head because a lot of times they're like, oh gosh, I didn't even realize how yeah. long you should spend on a warm up," which takes me to my little tale of being a supervisor. Um, and I think this is, this is something that my students go up against a lot 
they are either intimidated by their subject or the topic, uh, they're not feeling maybe confident, or it's something the teacher has said they have to do and they really haven't had enough time to learn how to do it, um, but they will drag their feet. And so I've been in observing students before and they will take their 35 minute lesson will be 30 minutes of a warm up because they just can't launch. And so, um, and then they're like, Oh, so we've got like five minutes. Let's do the exit ticket. The exit ticket on the warm up. Yeah, it's not going to work. So I think, you know, the advice I would give all the things that we're saying, but also for my newbies, my teachers who are learning a topic new, is don't be afraid to ask, don't be afraid to go to Khan Academy if it's a math topic, um, but you really need to know what you're gonna teach and yeah. how it's gonna roll out, or at least in your head how you envision it rolling mm -hmm. out. And of mm -hmm. course, you know, the blow-ups happen. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that's, you know, that's on the spot. You gotta react right. and move. But if you are really knowledgeable about what you're gonna teach, mm -hmm. it, it's gonna be a lot better. Yeah. And you're gonna be more willing to go to the direct instruction than if you're just like, yeah, I'm gonna try to wing it. Right, you don't count on no. making things up on the fly no. because that doesn't, sometimes you have to do that, but it doesn't always right. work. And the other thing is, is if you find your lesson going in a different direction than you originally planned, yeah. that's not always a bad thing. Right. So you definitely be open to that, you know, not following the lesson plan to a T right. is sometimes okay if it's what your kids need. Right, and I think so, that's that not to be misunderstood in my yeah. kids' ears mm -hmm. as like, oh, you can just go off and right. do. No, that is the knowledge of you teaching for X amount of years that when your kids take you in a direction and you know this group and you're like, oh, this is gonna be meaningful. Right. It's not you dragging your feet Beach. so you don't have to launch exactly. something you don't know how to teach. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So, yes, all right. Well, those were all of the questions okay, wow. that our um, my students had sent in. And I know you and I have had fun. Yeah, this doing has been great. This. I've enjoyed it. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> so I think as I kind of progress with this podcast, I've already been generating a list based off of conversations and just hearing things from students and looking at questions on Twitter. Um, but you said that you would actually come back and chat with me. I would, definitely. I'm excited. Yeah, That'll be yeah. awesome. So I thank you, Mrs. Mulliken, for this little management series, yes, right? Thanks of three for episodes. Me. Happy to have you. You're welcome back anytime. But as for now, that's all for today. I'll be listening, and I hope you will be too.